Okay, welcome back everyone. This is segment two of our Aliens and Predator universe. So far we've covered development of electronics and film and the Toyotic phenomenon that skyrocketed during the 80s and 90s. Now let's go over the film universe of Aliens and Predator. Scott Ridley first started with the movie Dark Star in 1974, trying to make people laugh, and feeling that, he said that if I cannot make them laugh, I will make them scream. And to follow that, the movie Alien in 1979 was born with the help of the art of H.R. Giger. See the book Necronomicon to see some of his work. This film was Sigourney Weaver's first big role and actually propelled her acting career as she was the first female hero to save the to have the big showdown against the bad guy. Her next big role was in the iconic film Ghostbusters, released June 8, 1984. Alien is considered one of the best films of all time, and in 2002, the Library of Congress selected it as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and added it to the National Film Registry. The most memorable tagline coined from this film came from the copywriter Barbara Gipps in space, No One Can Hear You Scream. Alien sequel a few years later, Aliens, released in 1986, was a crowning achievement with the work of Scott Ridley and James Cameron, writer and director, in a cult classic. Empire Magazine voted it the greatest film sequel of all time. It won two Oscars, Best Sound Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Entertainment Weekly described it as the greatest pure action movie ever. Cameron had just finished his production of Terminator, released in 1984, and Fox had waited for him to direct Aliens as they liked his script so much that he wrote while he was tied up waiting nine months on Arnold Schwarzenegger to finish up on Conan the Destroyer before he could work in Terminator. Uh, Fox loved the script, so they actually waited for him to be free to direct the film. Note that this does not normally happen. Cameron sought in the creation of the polymorphic enemy, the Xenomorph, to mimic the ever-changing tactics seen in the Vietnam War, and arguably the whole movie is an allegory to the Vietnam War as that is what was still fresh in everyone's mind. To this effort, we can be thankful as it cemented a plot and an enemy that will forever captivate an audience, not to mention the ingenuity and common everyday items used to build all of the awesome special effects and props seen in the film. Although some of the props did not actually function, they looked like they did. The artwork of H.R. Giger assisted greatly in making a terrifying enemy in a movie as it was literally from his nightmares. Full Metal Jacket was also being shot at Pinewood Studios, as was Frank Oss's Little Shop of Horrors that was in an adjoining studio. Noted when James Remar, initially cast as Hicks, accidentally shot a live round damaging the set next door with remark from L. Matthews, A. Pone, where the blank did you get live ammo? Filming took place in an abandoned power station in London, England, it was Acton Power, also used in the movie Batman, where they found significant portions of the hive still intact. One of Cameron's first fights at Pinewood Studios was that he was used to non-union film crews, and the Pinewood Studios crew were union, and there were issues with the 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. tea breaks, and the belief by staff that to get to the top, uh, you'd buy your dues and putting in your time. Note that the quality in the artisans on set did was outstanding work and that this was before craft services was a big thing on movie sets, so that times were the only 
times folks got to eat. This created substantial strife as there were fighting personalities, cultures, as Cameron had a very tight 75-day shooting schedule, blowing up to a near mutiny with Cameron having a meeting with the whole crew to have them air their grievances and an agreement to let them have their two times for tea. The delays with the clashing cultures, although, settled down and eventually make for some very tight production schedules. And the strife, tight schedules, and drama with the set staff created the opportunity with Cameron's hard work to make a film for the ages. Predator, released in 1987, was just as iconic and arguably one of the best performances seen with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This film set the stage for the science fiction and is argued to be one of the best action movies ever committed to film. It was also the only movie that opened starting out in a helicopter. Stan Winston created the iconic Predator suit for $1.5 million U.S. million after a different con- company failed to make a good suit everyone was happy with. This was to be worn, the original suit was to be worn by Jean-Claude Van Damme as what felt, was felt that his martial arts acrobatics would add to the realism of the Predator. This Stan Winston suit was worn by Kevin Peter Hall, who was 7 foot, 2 inches tall, and Stan Winston's suit was 8 foot. .5 feet tall and weighed over 200 pounds, requiring a bungee rig to move believably. In perspective, me standing 5 foot 10 inches tall, weighing a lean 180, I was called a baby predator in comparison at Fanboy. The film had the big, second biggest opening weekend in 1987, losing out to Beverly Hills Cop 2. As was the case with Aliens, there were issues during production, but this time they were of the natural kind. Venomous snakes and scorpions invade the set during filming and water purification issues at the hotel being used, causing dysentery for everyone. Plus, during filming, Arnold marries Maria Shriver, and after the wedding, she spent a couple of days on the set in Mexico. The crew decided to prank the newlyweds by placing frogs in their shower. In Predator, Dutch, a.k.a. Arnold Schwarzenegger, was the template for the Terminators and was put on ice sometime after the movies. In Predators, he had a daughter that was snatched by the Predators and taken off-world to be hunted. We know how that ended for the Yaucha, a.k.a. the Predators. Cyberdyne Systems got rebranded and was renamed as Hyperdyne Systems, that we discover about in Aliens. That is the employer for the character, Brooke. In the new Predator film uh, that just came out, they did not cover the partnership that the humans and Predators had that also sheds light on how the movie Predator came to be with all the humans on an alien world. Much of this is brought to light in director cuts of Alien 3, Aliens, and the comics. Predator 2 in 1990 had mixed re- reviews but tried to capture the same emotional and human element uh, the other films had thanks in part to Danny Glover, Mike Harrigan. Arnold said no to this movie as he did not like the script or the director stating that the shooting in the city was a bad idea. The sequel was not planned, but after the success of the Predator comic book series, Fox was easily convinced to greenlight the movie. Ironically, this set the stage for the Marvel franchise and other comic films to get released in the following years and decades as studios tried to cash in on the fandom interest and audience. Alien 3, released in 1992, showed how adaptable the xenomorph were and actually led to the alien resurrection where Wayland used Ripley's corpse as a base for genetic experimentation. Worth noting is that the poor fan reception of Alien 3 almost ended the career of producer David Flincher as he was so strained on the production that he was the only movie director in a four-movie franchise to do a director's cut uh, due to all the chaos. Alien Resurrection in 1997 
Sigourney initially refused to do the film until the studio drove a figurative dump truck of money into her house, $11 million U.S. dollars. Winona Ryder was another actress cast in the film and was eager as she was a big fan of the alien and could work alongside her idol. Due to costs, the final scene of the film could not be shot in Earth-based scene and wasn't, was shot in the Betty instead. This was also the only alien film shot outside the U.K. Sigourney insisted on not leaving California for shooting as she wanted to be near her daughter. Another notable was that the special edition when... Number eight refers to the company she is told that Wayland Yutani Corporation had been bought out by Walmart. It was not as popular with fans as it reopened the storyline closed in Alien 3. Aliens vs. Predator in 2004 uh, and Aliens Requiem 2007 showed us the hunt and the games that the Yaucha Predator has with their Xenomorpho and how we are just distractions of the core mission. Predators released in 2010 captured the hunt and showed us what happens to the daughter Dutch eventually has, the film was shot in 53 days. Uh, it was intended to be part of the Predator franchise, written by Alex Litvak. The original Predator script was written by Robert Rodriguez and was turned down due to cost, but was resurfaced as Fox starts to redo the franchise. Alien 5 was canceled to make way for the release of Alien Covenant. Uh, the prequel Prometheus was uh, hoped to be one of three films that were meant to be prequels leading up to the movie Alien. Uh, this was the last film H.R. Giger worked on as he died from injuries relating to falls in 2014, not from the film. Uh, Alien Covenant 2017 showed us what happens to David and Dr. Shaw. What we did not see was where they discovered the engineer planet, and David, in an act of love, sterilized the engineer home planet. David again experiments, and we have a good view of the evolution of the aliens. Due to the buyout of Fox, there are questions on whether the trilogy will be completed. This movie did not perform as well as could have been hoped. The Predator, released in 2018, was meant as a reboot for the franchise and tried to recreate the energy the original Predator had. There were a few alternate endings, one including Ellen Ripley in stasis and other Dutch. There were also cut, some cutscenes that included the underground base where humans were working with the Aucha that would have given a better picture on the origin of Predators and why the fugitive Predator acted the way he did. 